Welcome to another episode of the Cover Zero podcast, the show where I cover the least in the best way possible. I'm your host, Jason Wells, and Super Bowl week is here, the last game of the season, finally happening on Sunday. It's sad. Uh, This week, though, to preview, I mean, literally everything about the Super Bowl coming up, because that's really all we can talk about. That and awards, uh, we got perennial Chiefs hater, Chu, Pat Mahomes' number one fan, Moo. How are you guys doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. Thanks for having hey. me on again. Not a problem. We're excited about the Super Bowl coming up for sure. Yes. Uh, and we'll get into that. It's going to be the last thing we talk about this episode. So we'll start off with a few around the league notes because there is quite a bit to touch up on. We'll go into awards. Uh, we kind of already know who's going to win, but we'll give our top five to round out the ballot, talk about guys who should probably get a little more shine. Uh, and with some Super Bowl storylines, Super Bowl bets, and then we'll finally do the Super Bowl preview, which, I mean, I think when we get to the Super Bowl, we'll end up just talk about everything Super Bowl related, not really try to segment it, but either way, let's get into it, I guess. So to start off, uh, we got some big retirement news uh, around the NFL. Uh, Longtime Bengals wide receiver and Cardinals wide receiver AJ Green is officially retiring. Uh, Hell of a career. It just sucked he had to play with the Bengals for the majority of it. Like, really? Yeah, he carried them. I mean, he, he... He must. He probably did the Bengals in the long run. Honestly, maybe wasn't so good for them because he made Andy Dalton look like a viable NFL quarterback for a few years. So they probably went with Dalton for a, a little too long, and that's uh, maybe one of the reasons why. For however long, I think it was nine years or ten years that Dalton played with the Bengals. I mean, he was carried by AJ Green. We forget how good he was in his prime. Yeah, AJ Green in his prime was an animal. If it wasn't for uh, Julio, he would definitely go down as probably the best wide receiver in that 2011 draft class, that stock 2011 draft class. Uh, but but yeah, mm-hmm. that, those if you look back at those Bengals teams in the early 2010s, man, absolutely stacked. You had guys like it was AJ Green, uh, Muhammad Sanu. Jeremy Hill, Gio Bernard, Tyler Eifert, you know, Andrew Whitworth, you know, their defense was good too. Like those teams were very, very talented, but they were being held back by the, you know, two most important positions, quarterback and head coach. So yeah, that's a damn fact. Yeah. I just, I mean, AJ Green, I think if you would have asked me four years ago, if he was going to be a hall of famer, I think it would have been a surefire. Yes. Now it's, I don't know if he's got the resume. He's so fucking good, but he didn't, it's, he didn't it's tough to get in the hall. You, you can easily tell yeah. the story of football without mentioning A.J. Green's name, which is I think that's fair. probably not a Hall of Famer because they really – when's the last big game that A.J. Green went crazy in? I mean, I don't think he's won a playoff game in his career. He was going I don't think he's ever played a big game in his career. Yeah, he was going crazy in the 1 p.m. slot, you know, so – <laughs> um, he's a great player, um, don't get me wrong. 
He is. Uh, he's again, he's fantastic. And I think one of the off season segment ideas, we're going to do drafts and we're going to do the hall of very good. I think AJ green is a first round candidate for the hall of very good. Just not the hall of fame, unfortunately. Um, and I guess moving into some QB news, uh, Aaron Rodgers, what the fuck? He's just going to go to solitary confinement for four days and make himself crazy because that's what he does now. Yeah, he's going to come out and he's going to start saying that he wants to play for the Browns, I think, or something, because he might go a little too crazy. I don't know. But uh, no, Aaron, I expect nothing less. I mean, he's going to do some wild, wild stuff in the, in the offseason like he normally does. He's not going to tell the Packers what he wants to do, and then he's going to he's going to lengthen the process so that we keep talking about him until he goes to the Raiders inevitably. More than likely. And I mean, so for people who don't know what we're talking about, Aaron Rodgers basically went on Pat McAfee's show, told them that he's going to go on a retreat, which is basically he's going to be locked in a room for four days in darkness, just himself, uh, and he's going to get food brought to him twice a day. So he's basically going to prison and paying for it. So if that's, I don't know, that's like the most Aaron Rodgers thing that you could have told me was going to happen this off season. So Moob, do you got any takes on whatever Aaron Rodgers is doing? I mean, he's, I think at this point has to go without a doubt, the most, the, the strangest all time great QB ever. He does. I think he genuinely enjoys the off season pro- process of people thinking, you know, he might leave, might demand a trade. He might do this. I think he actually enjoys that just as much as, if not more than football at this point, because it's like he's just trolling everyone. And, you know, this going in a cave for however many days, only Aaron Rodgers. I don't even know what to say at this point. And and look, maybe this is a beneficial thing that none of us know about that Aaron Rodgers actually just kind of discovered. Who knows? I'm not like I don't have anything against him doing what he wants to do. It's just this is always happening. We're always talking about Aaron Rodgers doing weird shit in the offseason. And we're never talking about, we never know what Aaron Rodgers is going to do. Like last year, we didn't know what Rodgers was going to do. The year before, we didn't know what Rodgers was going to do. He just loves to make himself the top of a good discussion. And we're talking mm-hmm. about him, so it's working. But yeah, Aaron Rodgers, all time great quarterback. I think he's going to play for the Raiders next year. And um, yeah, we'll see. We'll yeah. see Rodgers. what he can do on a different team. If, if that's not to, not to keep talking about Rodgers, but. When do you think he actually touches a football for the first time after his team gets eliminated from whichever part of the season? Like, I I want to say he doesn't touch a football until at least June, and that yeah, seems I'd early. So yeah, I, I think he June stays too. In shape, but yeah, yeah, that's the thing. He's definitely staying in shape, but playing football. But yeah. I mean, I guess when you're one of the greatest talents of all time, it doesn't really matter at this point. Uh and I guess one more quarterback that we do need to talk about. Uh, Tom Brady is retired from the NFL. I I personally don't think that he's done. I think that if San Fran comes calling sometime in August because they don't like how Trey Lance looks or they don't like how Brock Purdy's progressing with his injury, why wouldn't Tom Brady want to play for Shanahan and that, that Niners team? So... But other than that, hell of a career. He's the GOAT, but I think this is a sham. I think he's coming back in a few months. Um, I mean, 
if you watch if you watch him play last year the the o line was was probably in the last 10 years the worst o line he's ever had for sure mm-hmm. um so if he can get behind the big boys i mean big trent and have a mcglinchy there on the right side is he a free agent he is a free agent okay, so, so that's, gonna be, that's gonna be big for them but if you can have those tackles and, and play behind that offensive line, throwing to Debo, throwing to Ayuk, throwing, um, handing the ball off to McCaffrey way more than than he's been doing the last few years with Tampa. I mean, they don't they don't run the ball. Tampa never runs the ball, so it's good that uh, if he were to be offered that gig in San Fran, I'd take it. I'd take it, and I think he would take it too. I agree with you. I think he'd come out of retirement, but I think that's the only one. The only the only option for him is San Fran. The only option for him is San Fran. Yeah. Okay. Move. Does he sound like he's on helium right now? Yeah. No, to me, it just sounds fine. But the echo just—I hear an echo. Okay, that is what the fuck, man. Why is my? Here, let's go. This meeting is being recorded. Okay. So slight technical issues. Hopefully, hopefully it's better now. Uh, Chu, you were talking about Tom Brady. Which, yeah, I actually agree with new? you. I think the, the only option for him is the Niners. I think it's where he grew up. Um, it's the only team that he can go to that has everything you can ask for from a quarterback. I mean, O-line, receivers, running back, coach, defense, everything. So why wouldn't he say yes for one final year in his hometown? Um, maybe he wants to spend time with his family. Who knows? No one really knows, but the only option it would be San Fran. But if he's retired, hell of a career unanimous best player of all time no nothing else you can say moog you have any yeah i just i i think he's uh he's done for good the video that he put out was really emotional and you can tell that i mean if he really really wanted to keep playing he could keep playing for a couple more years even even if he at some point, his skills would diminish. Teams would still call him because he's Tom Brady. He's a big name. But the reason why I think that he's done for good is because of he even mentioned that uh, the Fox contract and the Booth job wouldn't start until the fall of 2024. So I think he, he just wants time, you know, with his family and just chill for now. I mean, he deserves it. He's been playing for, what, 23, 24 years in a row now. So, so yeah, I, I think he's, he's done for good. And if anything, I, I think the only other avenue would be ownership, but I don't think that'll be anytime, uh, anytime uh, like now, probably in a couple of years wow. or so. Yeah, I mean, end of the day, again, one of the best players to ever do it. I'm happy he is out of the league because he has tormented me for many, many years. But We'll see if he's done. I'm still undecided, but uh, we'll keep moving with the news. Uh, kind of have to talk about this. The Pro Bowl is something that happened over the weekend. Not really huge news when you got Pro Bowl QBs like Tyler Huntley and Derek Carr out there. Uh, the flag football thing kind of looked fun, but other than that, I saw Saquon get hit, hit in the face with the dodgeball, and I think that was the highlight of the weekend. And Pete Davidson gave a 69 while he was a judge. Ooh, hilarious. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think football is the sport to have these all-star events and stuff like that. And the fact that it's after the season, when you really want to go on vacation or spend time with your family for the first time in a couple of months. Yeah. And then, you know, so it doesn't really make sense. But 
Hey, it is what it is. Uh, you sell tickets, make money, trip to Vegas. So as long as people are having fun, who am I to say that they should stop? There we go. Enjoyed, enjoyed the flag football more than the regular game because at least it's a they can follow the rules. They're not gonna. It's flag football. They're not gonna get injured. I mean, unless there's a fluke thing that happens. But it was it was well, cool. They well, actually, uh, well, didn't Miles Garrett dislocate his toe? Yeah, that was in the the skills. That was like the he likes. Oh, oh yeah. that's even more embarrassing, man. Yeah, Goddamn. yeah. <laughs> he fell or something. Dislocated his toe. That's fucking also shitty. Not severe, and they said that he's not going to need surgery, and he'll be fine in a couple of weeks. Okay. Perfect. Uh yeah. I mean, that's the Pro Bowl. That's really all you need to talk about. That. Uh, move on to some coaching hires here. Uh, Brian Flores is the new Vikings defensive coordinator. I mean, that defense was atrocious this year. We know Brian Flores coaches a good defense. I mean, I think it's a great hire. So, yeah, I don't know. I think great hire by the Vikings. That's really they, all you they need. That. They need a presence in there for the defense. I mean, Flores, um, he likes his specific players, though. So I think we're going to see a lot of turnover with who's in and who's out on the Vikings defense. Um, uh, a lot of Patriots or ex-Patriots players are going to be uh, on the Vikings defense. You can, definitely, you can definitely bet on that. I guarantee there will be a few of those. But yeah, Kyle Van Noy like, is a Viking. <laughs> Brian Flores does like his specific players for a specific scheme. And, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I, I, is Pat Pete going to be there next year? He's a free agent, so we'll see. I mean, yeah. the, to, to me, the biggest problem with this Vikings defense is – all of their best players are getting up there in age. You know, they have uh, Kendricks, you know, getting up there in age. Uh, Harrison Smith getting up there in age. Pat Pete, same thing. And I don't know. I mean, maybe this is the reason why some of the other big name uh, DCs didn't want to go there because uh, they weren't very good to begin with. And a lot of their guys are getting up there and, and they're becoming free agents as well. So we'll see. But I mean, I don't know how Flores could do a worse job. So, uh, I mean, there's plenty of room for improvement. Uh, that is for damn sure. Uh, literally all the coaching news I have are just defensive coordinator hires. Uh, so next one up, Joe Woods, uh, former Browns defensive coordinator who was God-fucking-awful, <laughs> is now the Saints' new defensive coordinator. So... And the only reason he got hired was because he knew Dennis Allen and when De Dennis Allen was the head coach in Oakland. So Dennis Allen is is running the show. That must make you happy as a as a Panthers fan move. Yeah, he's uh he's uh, no Sean Payton. I'll tell you that. I mean, thank <laughs> God. I I don't know what the Saints are doing, but uh hey, I'll take it. It's looking like we got the best uh, coaching staff in the division now, so I'm 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 glad that we're finally like not the stupidest team in the division. There you go. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, we'll talk about your team next year, but they hired uh, Broncos or ex Broncos defensive coordinator Ijiro Aviro. Uh, I think that's a great fucking hire. I think what he did with the Broncos defense last season. I think this Panthers defense is more talented than the Broncos defense this past season. And that Broncos defense was top five all year. So I'm expecting big things for the Panthers defense this coming season. Yeah. The uh, <clears throat> Panthers defense, they, they have talent at every level. And honestly, they, they haven't played to expectations uh, last season. Partly I'd, ha I'd say that has to do with the offense because they weren't able to sustain drives. I think they were like 
32nd in the league in average um, time of uh, per per drive and average plays run per drive. So obviously their 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 overall defensive numbers weren't that great, but they do have playmakers at every level. You know they have Brian Burns, Derek Brown, uh, Jeremy Chin. J.C. Horn, a name that a lot of people don't like to mention, but he was actually fourth in the entire league in tackles for losses. Very good linebacker, uh, Frankie Luvo. He's uh, he's also making plays out there. So, yeah, this defense has a lot of talent. I just think um, coaching is going to be a big key for, for them. They have the potential to finish, you know, top 10 uh, defensively, maybe even better than that. But uh, all comes down to coaching, in my opinion, because they do have all the talent in the world to make that side of the work. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll just say that I think Brian Burns as a dark horse defensive player of the year candidate for next year, potentially. I think there'll be good value there. That's for that's for damn sure. Um, and then, yeah, I guess we'll go on to former Panthers interim head coach Steve Wilkes, now the new 49ers defensive coordinator. Again, I think that's another home run hire. And I mean, the Niners just got a guy who can immediately go in. And I mean, that Niners defense is so talented. It probably doesn't take a whole heck of a lot of coaching to really get those guys going. But Steve Wilkes is a good coach. And I think this is a, I mean, Moob, you tweeted it. I think this is might be a step up from the Panthers head coaching job from last year. So, yeah. Yeah. If there's, if, if you ever got, I mean, you didn't really get fired, but essentially wasn't retained if you're ever in a situation where you weren't retained to be a head coach the the best possible outcome after that would be go to a place where you barely need to do your job anyways so you just go there you ask uh nick bosa to be nick bosa and like i talk about the panthers this is like on steroids playmakers at every level of the defense uh you know that offense is going to sustain drives they're going to make it real easy for you to run the ball kill time possession so, I mean, as long as he's not one of the worst defensive play callers in the league, uh, he should be okay there. And yeah. if he does do a great job, he should, you know, probably get another uh, job next season or the year after that. The completely agree. And then the Niners will now get another third round pick to boast to their death. They've just been, they're doing it right over there. That's all you can say. Um, well, I don't have anything else for news unless you guys are thinking of anything else I might have forgot, but no, no, don't think I... so. How about, how about let's talk no. about T Higgins? There's nothing to talk about with <laughs> T Higgins yet. It's no, no, we're, we're not talking about T Higgins yet. It's we're not you far enough in the offseason that kind of talk. Uh, <laughs> what we will move on to though now is let's get to the award predictions again we kind of already know where predictions well, are different, right yeah like yeah. we're not we know who's gonna win but our we know who's gonna win so we're gonna go down the list we're gonna give our ballots we're gonna give our top five uh i guess let's start with oh also one added note uh i added breakout player of the year because i think that should be an award or most improved maybe but I said breakout for this year, so let's stick with that. But for now, let's start with the award that doesn't actually involve any players. Let's start with Coach of the Year. Chu, you want to start us off with your number five? Actually, go down from five to one. 
with your list. Okay. Okay. Well, um, so unfortunately, I did not remember coach of the year. Ah. So, <laughs> but I will tell you my coach of the year. Okay. Um, coach of the year is Nick Sirianni. Um, I think. Ooh, okay. I think just going with um, the preseason predictions, a lot of people had Cowboys or Eagles, Cowboys or Eagles, and the, the Eagles just ran away with it. Um, you can say what you want about the roster. I know Ayuk had some things to say about him, how he's just a kind of a going for the ride, you know. But, I mean, if you look at – he's the one coaching the offense, and they had arguably the best offense. I mean, if you look at the rushing and the passing attack that they had going on, I mean, every single player lived up to expectation. When, you, when you're talking about Miles Sanders, Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, all of them, all of them lived up to expectation. Dallas got mm-hmm. They all played well. The O-line was the best in the league. That's not not debatable. The, the Eagles have the best O-line in the league. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I would personally um, vote for Nick Sirianni if I had a vote. Um, it's it maybe not be the most popular vote, but that's who I think should win the, the award. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, and that's all fair. I mean, we're going to talk about like a couple guys that's really all down between them. Uh, Moob, did you do your homework assignment and do top <laughs> five coaches? You're on mute, Moob. <laughs> I did do it. So how I go. would so how I would have gone here is uh actually you know what I just realized I did four instead of five. So hope you can more than two. Enough. <laughs> <laughs> so I would go for my for the fourth candidate would be Zach Taylor. I know okay. that a lot of people would you just say, well, I mean, they did go to the Super Bowl last year and they didn't really get much better uh record wise, the police. But uh, the way that they, they finished the year strong, uh, the way that they didn't let a Super Bowl hangover get in the way, uh, and they just kept on chugging. And then they actually did lose uh, Jamar Chase for a couple of weeks, and they didn't let that mm-hmm. stop them. So I think not only Zach Taylor, but also, also should you know mention Lou Anarumo. I know there's a assistant coach of the year award as well, but I just want to group them together. They did a great job coaching this year. Mm-hmm. That's so fair. Be my, my fourth pick, and then – uh, third pick would be Doug Peterson turnaround that he did in one year. They went from the number yep. one overall pick to winning a playoff game. One of the largest comebacks in the NFL history. So I know they don't factor in playoffs and stuff, but still should be mentioned did an awesome job. Uh, the numbers that Trevor Lawrence put up in his second year were phenomenal. So, so he's my mm-hmm. number three, number two, I'm going to have to say Nick Sirianni. Uh, yeah, I mean, He's done a fantastic job. He took over that team after uh, Doug Peterson left. We didn't know if they had a QB. We didn't know any, like they didn't have any wide receivers. And then, you know, you make a trade for one guy, you develop another guy. Uh, And overall, just the the way that this team was kind of in cruise control all year says a lot about uh, Sirianni. I know they're a very, very talented team. We're going to talk about them later, but he did a fantastic job especially coaching up guys like mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts. Like I mentioned, a year ago today, we were talking about if they should draft the QB. So, yeah, I mean, that's fair. Hurts and uh, Sirianni deserve tons of credit for that. And my coach of the year goes to Brian Dable. So, I mean, we've talked about – I mentioned Jalen Hurts as someone. As, yeah. uh, we didn't know if he was going to be a, a key, the QB of the team. I mean – Nobody thought Daniel Jones would get a contract extension. And here he is asking for almost $40 million a year. So <laughs> it's I mean, that doesn't tell you about how great of a coach coaching job that they will do this year. I don't know what it is. 
So I great list. Uh, the only guy I don't have on my top five there is Zach Taylor. I did consider him though. Um, you missed out on my second coach though entirely, which I'm kind of shocked by because I think it's between him and Dable for coach of the year right now. But I'll start with my number five, Doug Peterson. I think, I mean, for all the points you said, I mean, no one really expected the Jags to, this was their year to take the leap. They did. Doug Peterson's very good coach. Uh, At number four, I have Andy Reid. I think Andy Reid should just be a unanimous top five coach of the year every single year because he is. The Chiefs were the number one seed, maybe a little bit, I mean, what's what's the word for it? Not deserved, really. Things kind of had to break their way for them to get that one seed and literally a game had to not happen. But Andy Reid, hell of a coach. Um, Number three, I have Nick Sirianni. So again, you guys have been saying it. He's been, I mean, number one team in the league, loaded roster. He did his job. He did exactly what he needed to do. Uh, Nick Sirianni, number three. So at number two, I have Kyle Shanahan. So the Niners' expectations before the season were Super Bowl. Then Trey Lance got hurt. Jimmy G steps in. Expectations are still Super Bowl because he's been there. They've been there. This is a better roster than it's been for the Niners. Then Jimmy G gets hurt, and Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy has to come in, and he took them to the NFC Championship game before he got hurt. You got to trust in the Shanahan system. That's the only reason why. I mean, again, loaded roster, but the Eagles didn't have to deal with really any injuries. I mean, Jalen Hurts did go down, but I would consider Jalen Hurts going down for a handful of games a lot less impactful than going to your seventh round rookie. So Kyle Shanahan, number two and Brian Dable, number one. I mean, when your core of weapons is Saquon Barkley, Richie James, uh, Darius Slayton, Daniel Bellinger. Again, I could just be making up names at this point, but he took that team and brought them to like, I, I think we all probably thought that the giants were definitely picking in the top 10 this year. I thought they were going to be 100% a bottom five team picking their new quarterback and Brian Dable comes in and just blows that up. So again, maybe not the flashiest record with what were they? Nine, nine, nine eight, eight one or something. Yeah. But, nine, seven and one, something like that. but so, fucking hell of a job by Brian Dable to even get them to the playoffs. So, and to win a playoff game, even though it was against the Vikings, but those are my top five. Yeah, I like Dable. I I I think he's going to be a coach for a long time. Um, I think we are forgetting though that Joe Judge was the coach for the Giants, and maybe that's why they looked so bad. Because if you do look at the defense and well, probably the O line improved significantly, right? So Andrew Thomas, Evan Neal, Andrew Thomas was one of the best tackles in the league this year. Um, mm-hmm. Saquon was running behind that O line. Daniel Jones. It seemed like Dable really simplified that offense for him because he was not making the mistakes that he was making with Joe Judge. Um, so credit to Dable, coach for a long time. Um, I just lean Sirianni because they whooped them three times, and um, fair enough. Yeah. As much as the, as much as the Eagles had expectations coming in the year, I don't know if anyone was really calling them the Super Bowl favorites. And that's what they look like this year. 
So I would like to point out, I said before the season, and I said it with Miami too, that both of those rosters were Super Bowl ready. It all just depended on the quarterbacks and Miami got killed with health and look at where the Eagles are right now. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, let's move on to comeback player of the year. Uh, I'll just start her off. Uh, Number five, I have Derrick Henry. I honestly completely forgot that Derrick Henry uh, missed like more than half the season last year. And then he came back and he was still Derrick Henry. He was the entire Titans offense this season. So Derrick Henry, number five, uh, number four, I got Jared Goff. Comeback player of the year is a hard award to really narrow down the five people, especially, but Jared Goff, I think a lot of people wrote him off as uh, he's just going to be the stopgap quarterback for the Lions. And he's going to be there for at least the next couple of years. Will they pick the QB of the future this year? Maybe, but Goff is the guy for now. Uh, he was hurt last year at points. And I mean, he had a hell of a season. So Jared Goff, number four. Uh, I'm going to put Geno Smith, number three. I think Geno... I don't know what he really came back from other than just being a bad quarterback. So he's got my number three vote. Uh, Number two, Saquon Barkley. Again, some guy who, when I was going over this, I'm like, ah, yeah, Saquon, like perfect. Like he's coming back from injury. Saquon played like 13 games last year. So this award is just a weird one, but a number one CMC best running back in football. He went to the Niners and just, proved it all over again so cmc number one uh i don't know which one of you guys want to go next but yeah so um i have everything else except for coach of the year for some reason i was only thinking about players i forgot that coach yeah so um <laughs> number five i had derrick henry as you did. okay um number four dak prescott um i mean he came back you know um looked better did he lead the league in passing years didn't he lead it in interceptions? Oh, interceptions. <laughs> I, I have Dak Prescott number four. He's not going to win the, the award anyways. No. Saquon Barkley is number three. Um, okay. Uh, so we got uh, Saquon. Um, I mean, just coming back from from being not good. So yeah, come back essentially. I don't know how you categorize it. It's it's a really hard one to do, right? Um, number number two, I got Gino, uh, and number one, moves guy CMC. He's going to win, I think. Yeah. There we go. Move. Who yeah, this is a this is a strange award because some years it's going to be really obvious, like the year with Alex Smith or something. And then other years it's going to be, you know, the Philip Rivers year where he literally just won comeback player of the year because he was asked the year before. So um, <laughs> I think it's – I got a similar list to all of you guys. You know, I have – so – I don't know if this technically counts, but my number, but you know, I guess it's all for interpretation at the end of the day. So my number five would be Josh Jacobs. What did he come back from? I mean, he wasn't good last year. He was playing the. So I almost put Josh Jacobs on my list for the sole fact that people were like, oh, he's going to get cut or traded or he's just done for the Raiders and he proved everybody wrong. Yeah. But and yeah, again, I don't know. Hall of Fame game. Uh, first game of the season he was playing deep into that game so i mean yeah um so then we have after that i have i don't even know if this technically count like this list is just like this award is 
is is just a joke kind of like uh i mean i took brian robinson he's never played an nfl game before but he got came back from getting shot so i think that counts <laughs> that's valid <laughs> that is valid like he, he should, should win be. the award that's the yeah, biggest like, comeback he got he shot twice shot. <laughs> And he was pretty good this year. Like yeah, he wasn't he was good, like, right. outstanding, but he had a good year as a rookie. Yeah, yeah he was all right. Yeah. Um, and then I have uh, Saquon, and I was kind of on the same boat where I was like, "Yeah, Saquon missed the entire season last year." And then I looked, and he played like thirteen games. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so, so he ridiculous. was ridiculous. You just ask. And then uh, I have actually. I know everyone would think that I would be, you know, the biased and I'd be a homer, but I actually have McCaffrey at two. And the Ooh. reason that I put McCaffrey at two is that his per game when he is playing is relatively the same, the touchdowns, the yards, the everything. And he did play, I think it was 10 games that he played last year, nine or 10 games, something like that. And then yeah, like yeah. he was, he was, <laughs> And so I was like, that's, that's good enough. But to me, it would be Geno Smith because he was, I mean, if you asked me about Geno Smith two or three years ago, I'd honestly forget that he was even in the league, to be honest. And then he, <laughs> and then he had this great start to the season. And then we're like, okay, well, he's going to tail off eventually, which he did to a certain extent. But I think he still finished the season with like 30 touchdowns and like 10 interceptions or something crazy like that. And, like, uh, I think by every metric, Geno Smith was a top 10 quarterback in the league this year, yeah, which is nuts. You so. would expect there to have been some fall off at some point. It just never really happened. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. By every uh, metric except the eye test. Yeah, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> um, okay, let's go to breakout player of the year. So, I'm expecting the most variation off, like, for players here. Uh I'll just start it off since it is kind of something. I mean, I didn't really make it up, but for all intents and purposes, I made this up. <laughs> um, at number five, I have Alex Highsmith. Uh, again, a lot of people probably don't even know this name, but he had a shit. Was it 14 or was it 12 and a half? I have it. He had 14 and a half, 14 and a half sacks this year for the Steelers. So he's a third year player. He jumped from six sacks to 14 and a half. So some guy who probably doesn't get a lot of shine on his name, especially like on that Steelers defense, but what a fucking stud. Um, at number four, I got Justin Fields. I think this is kind of a cop-out breakout because he is such young and people expected Justin Fields to still be that superstar talent. But people, yeah, people thought he was a bust. People thought he was terrible and he broke the rushing yard or the QB rushing yards record this season. So Justin Fields, number four, uh, at number three. So basically my top three is all Eagles coming up here, but uh, I have Chauncey Gardner Johnson at number three. Uh, he got traded from the saints to the Eagles for basically nothing. And I think he was, second in the league in interceptions. I think I had five interceptions on the year, but him and Maddox, that safety tandem for the Eagles, like, I mean, huge part of their secondary. He had a great year, especially because, like, I mean, if I'm being honest, I thought when he played for the Saints, he was just a straight-up shit talker and didn't, didn't really play ball. I thought he was just Eli Apple. So, uh, number two, another Eagle. We'll go with the running back this time. We'll go with Miles Sanders. Uh, 
Miles Sanders is someone who I picked almost every year in fantasy because I'm like, this is the year he's going to break out. And this was the year where I'm like, no, I'm not getting fooled by Miles Sanders again. And he fucking went off. He had a great year. He, I think he's a free agent too. There's a lot of good running backs in free agency this year. But uh, Miles Sanders, number two for the breakout. And number one, Jalen Hurts. I think, again, Moob, you said it. We talked about someone who at this point last year was – maybe talked about being replaced and this year i mean i'm just gonna spoil this he was an mvp candidate like nuts so jalen hurts was my number one breakout player of the year this year that's a good list um i also do have jalen hurts on my list but um at a different spot um for number five i put uh maybe a little bias pick but i put ramondre stevenson um that's fair i think uh he he emerged as a workhorse um top at least 10 ish running back in the nfl um he was a backup last year didn't play very much behind damian harris and when damian got hurt he took full advantage of that opportunity and took the number one job right away and uh, belichick loves him the coaching staff loves him i heard that he played hurt the second half of the year which was why some of his numbers were down um apparently he was playing through an injury that uh, a lot of people weren't aware of and he still played well um he did have I mean, some costly mistakes throughout the season, but he more than made up for it with his play. Um, so I have, yeah, Ramondre, number five. Number four, I have Hassan Reddick. Um, he was um, a great edge rusher on Carolina, yeah. but he was nowhere near playing at the level that he's playing now. I, I believe he could have been. Not a lot of eyes were on him, and he just he broke out, and it's a breakout player. So uh, that's why I have him at four. Number three, this is another biased pick. I have two Patriots on the list, but I have Josh Uche. Um, I think uh, 10 sacks in five games was uh, the eye opener where a lot of people were made of aware that Josh Uche was playing very, very good football. Um, they were chipping Judon on the other side and they forgot that Josh Uche existed and they paid for it. So um, Josh Uche, number three, number two, uh, Jalen Hurts. Um, I think there's nothing I can say. Everyone knows Jalen Hurts broke out and he's a magnificent, magnificent player for the Eagles. Number one, mm -hmm. I went a little bit off the board and this, I love this pick though, is Andrew Thomas. I mentioned him earlier. Um, he went from being yeah. a bottom middle tackle to top three left tackle in the NFL. Number four over, overall pick solidified. A lot of people had their doubts when he was playing He wasn't playing very well. And he proved everyone that he's going to be a cornerstone left tackle for years to come. So yeah, Andrew Thomas would have won my breakout player of the year. That's yeah. Good. I mean, honestly, like, with, yeah, sorry, move, but yeah, with this whole, like trying to like, I was trying to think of offensive linemen to just like put them in. And I think Andrew Thomas is a good one. So yeah. good on you there. Okay. So for my number five, I had uh, Trevor Lawrence. I know it's a bit of a cop-out because he was the number one overall pick last year, so you're like, you expect this to happen. But he um, didn't have a good rookie year at all. And uh, now he, he had a very promising second year where you're going to start putting him in the list of these top seven or eight-ish QBs in the league, uh, sooner rather than later. And then my number four, similar to Chu, I have Hassan Reddick. I watched it first, watched him firsthand on Carolina. And honestly, he wasn't as good as Brian Burns when they were playing together, but now he's just like this defensive player of the year candidate, just shot out of a cannon right off right off the edge. 
I think he's played 19 games this season and he has 19 and a half sacks, which for nice. someone who was playing inside linebacker on Arizona a couple of years ago, it's, yeah. it's crazy to think about. Uh, so he's my number four. Number three, again, another second-year player, so might be a bit of a cop-out, but Patrick Sertain, he had a really good season. If I'm not mistaken, I think he was all pro, if not very close, uh, but he had a fantastic season. I think he was an all pro. And then my number two, and I would say, I, and honestly, this number two and number one could have been flip-flop for each other, but number two, Jalen Hurts, amazing season, MVP-type season. Uh, we're going to talk about it again, and we've talked about it already. He proved the doubters wrong. You know, if you told us three, four years ago when he was at Alabama that he would be in the MVP conversation in the NFL, nobody would believe you. And, you know, just goes to show his work ethic and, and how much time he's put in. And my number one, none of you guys mentioned his name so far, but absolute Ooh. beast of a player, Dexter Lawrence. He had an amazing season. And if it weren't for a guy like Chris Jones, we'd be talking about, you know, Chris Jones, Quinn Williams, um, Dexter Christian Lawrence, Williams. those guys. Yeah, Christian, Christian as well, but you know, I need all of this, these guys have, you know, unreal. Dexter Lawrence, I think it was something along the line. I don't have the exact numbers. I wish I did. But it was like from the nose tackle position, leads in quarterback pressures, like by far, like a landslide. Like mm -hmm. absolutely, there's no one in the league that gets QB pressures and pressures the quarterback as much as him from the nose tackle position. And he was a huge part of their success this season. Uh, he was he was just unstoppable and unguardable. Yeah, that's I mean, I again that's another guy with Dexter Lawrence, like unreal where I mean fuck, you guys have two Giants as your number one. It's just a different player, so it just kind of shows how yeah. well the Giants have been drafting. But I guess thanks courtesy of uh fuck, what's his face? The guy Gettleman? that sucked for Yeah, yeah, Dave Gettleman. Thank you, Dave Gettleman, right? <laughs> but uh <laughs> um okay let's go to some rookie of the years let's start with defensive rookie of the year who wants to start it so i'll, I'll I, I can go for the uh defensive rookie of the year and so i don't ha i don't have five i'll just go ahead and name my three and so number three i'm gonna go ahead and say uh tariq woolen Unbelievable rookie season. He, um, if it wasn't for for another rookie corner, people would be talking about him as being the uh, the the number you know the, the best corner in the draft. But you know, had an unbelievable season. Can't take anything away from him. Had a lot of uh, interceptions. Truly a ball hawk, and he's going to be great for years to come. My number two is Aiden Hutchinson. Had an insane season for, you know, I mean, he was the number two pick, but he still put out a lot of production there. I think he had three or four interceptions as a, you know, defensive end, which is insane. And mm -hmm. still gave gave you that pass rush uh, production as well. And then my number one, I don't think should be disputed at all. I think he was an all pro, uh, Sauce yeah. Gardner. He yeah. came into the league as a rookie already top three top four at his position which is unheard of especially at that position which is probably mm -hmm. other than quarterback this this hardest position to play in football so big yep. shout out to sauce 
Yeah, yeah. I, my my top three is the same as you move, except uh, I got I switched up uh, Hutchinson and Woolen, but I'll go with my five. Um, so uh, number five, I got I got my, my boy Marcus Jones. Um, I had to slip him in there. Maybe That's not fair. defensive play, Maybe not defensive rookie of the year, but all around player. Rookie all of around the year. Rookie yeah. of the year. I had to slip him in there. Uh, number four, I got. Not a lot of people talked about how good Kyle Hamilton was this year. He was a great safety for the Ravens. So I've, I've, I've and again from a lot of people like, oh, he's a bust. After like there was one like clip of practice of him just getting burnt, and it's yeah. like, yeah, you don't put Kyle Hamilton in man coverage, and yeah, Ravens just know what they're doing when they're drafting. That's he was a ball hawk. He was a ball hawk. He made he made big plays, and uh, he's going to be a safety there for the Ravens for at least his rookie contract, and hopefully they'll extend them. Um, Aiden yeah. Hutchinson I had at number three. Um, and I had Woolen at number two because I think Woolen was a, a little bit better throughout the whole season. Hutchinson came on late, but Woolen was was really holding it down since week one. And I mean, you don't really see a third or fourth round pick do that in this era. So, and then number one, you can't go wrong. Sauce, Sauce wins the award. Yeah, I mean, true. I have the same top three as you. I think those three were the top three guys with Sauce at one. It has to be sauce at one. If you have anyone else, you're just, that's complete bias. But uh, for my number five, I got Jalen Petrie, the uh, safety for the uh, Texans. He just had a great fucking year for the Texans defense that literally devoid of talent. He held his own at the safety position. Him and Stingley did well, but I think Petrie was the better rookie of the two. Uh, Number four, Kayvon Thibodeau. Again, he was hurt, didn't play the entire year, but... I watch anytime I watched the Giants, I saw that he was making an impact. Uh, and then, yeah, my top three Hutchett number three, Woolen number two, Sauce number one. I don't really think there's yeah. much else to really say there. Um, and I'll just go straight into Offensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, number five, I have Ty- Tyler Algier, uh, quietly had a thousand yard season for the Falcons. I think he averaged 4.9 yards per carry. So, he just had a great year and no one really talked about it. I know I mentioned, I talked about that in like another episode, but he had a great season. Uh, and number four, I have Brock Purdy um, for the sole fact of, I mean, again, we've talked about this. He should not have been that good at all. And he was. So Brock Purdy, number four. Uh, at number three, I have Chris Olave. Uh, he hit a thousand yards as a receiver for the Saints. And that Saints team sucked. So good for Chris Olave for actually balling out. Uh, number two, I have Kenneth Walker. Uh, the whole Seahawks like rush attack was through him after Penny got hurt and he just took over. Uh, definitely the best rookie running back. I mean, he could have said that about Damian Pierce, but Pierce didn't play the whole season. So that's unfortunate. And my number one, I got Garrett Wilson. I think it was close between Olave, Wilson, and Walker, but I think Wilson had the much better season and the more, or not much better season, but he had the better season in a more chaotic environment compared to Olave. And even though Olave did have a shit environment to play in this year, I think the Jets' offense was just god awful at points this season. Yeah. 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 I would um, agree. I- I saw. Yeah, I had a, I had a similar list to Jason. Um, 
I did throw in two Seahawks, so my number five, I just need to throw in an O-lineman because we don't respect the O-lineman when it comes to Offensive Rookie of the Year. So I had Charles Cross play left yep. tackle for the uh, Seattle Seahawks. Um, he, he played great. He's, he's all you could have expected from a rookie. He, uh, he held it down over there on that left side, and that Seahawks offensive line was much better than it was the years that they had Russell Wilson. Um, of Definitely. course, Russ leaves and they draft a left tackle like he's been begging for, but, you know, it, it happens. Uh, number four as well, I had Brock Purdy. I thought um, him coming in there as a seventh-round pick and playing the way he did was nothing short of spectacular, so he's got to make the list. Uh, number three, Chris Olave, same thing. I think uh, 1,000 yards with Andy Dalton throwing to you um, will put you on a top five offensive rookie of the year list at on any, in any season. Um, yeah. So here's where I switch. I had Garrett Wilson number two. Um, okay. I uh, I loved what I saw from Garrett Wilson. His yak, um, breaking tackles with the ball in his hands. Um, his route running was much better than I thought it would be. I ha- actually had him number three um, coming out of the draft. I thought Olave and London were better. Um, but, I mean, he was the best receiver this year, so you can't say nothing. And uh, number one, I thought Kenneth Walker was showed signs of, of being one of the uh, the top running backs for years to come. I mean, his size, he's got the burst. He can break tackles. He can run inside the tackles. He can run outside the tackles. You can do a lot with them. Um, so, yeah, I think Kenneth Walker would have, if I had a vote, I would have voted Kenneth Walker of offensive rookie of the year. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I have a very similar list to that. And I'm glad that you mentioned uh, and gave love to offensive line because I also have a offensive lineman on here and he's the fifth one and I went a little different uh, you chose Charles Cross I, I would have said Tyler Smith from the Cowboys Yeah, really really good year you know he was originally supposed to play guard but with the injuries with Tyron Smith all year he had to you know go over there and he did a heck of a job that that offense was explosive when, when he was playing and and everyone was healthy. And if you look at the the playoff matchup between him and Nick Bosa, I mean, that was, that was a really good matchup. And for a rookie to hold his own like that, that's really, really impressive. So I can love there. Uh, Ken Walker, Kenneth Walker, had number four for me. Um, had a great, great uh, rookie year. But to me, the, the production at uh, that position easily, you know, could – come by easily with, you know, other players and stuff. So I, I just kept that in positional value kind of into, into effect. Uh, my number three would be Brock Purdy. I know some people would have put him higher, but I mean, I just think that he, he didn't play the whole season. So you got to yeah. dock him points for that. Um, but had he played the the whole season and if he continued to play the way he was, I think he would have been the runaway pick for officer here. My number two, and honestly, number two, number one, very interchangeable. Both both uh, Ohio State wide receivers, uh, Chris Olave at number two and Garrett Wilson number one. I going going into the draft, those guys were, were my two top receivers, and to see both of them succeed in the NFL the rookie year, both thousand yard seasons, you know, it's, it's great to see. They're they're really good, and they're going to be good for a long time. Yeah, I'm excited. Like. It was a good, good rookie class. And I mean, I think we can say that probably every year, but like, I feel like, I mean, we all had few different guys in there for the rookie of the years, but 
It was good. Yeah, I think Garrett Wilson and Walker are probably that's going to be who the award is going to be between. I think those are I think that's the only award still that's like a real coin flip is between those yeah. two. But uh, let's go on to the awards that we definitely know who actually I don't know if we know who's going to win defensive player of the year yet. But let's start with that one. Chu, you want to start? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think it should be a runaway personally. But who am I to say? Um, number five, I put uh, Max Crosby. Um, okay. I have uh, he really. I mean, if if you look across the Raiders' defense, you won't see many big names, but Max Crosby was was by far their best player, and without Max Crosby, that defense would have been in a lot of trouble. So Chandler Jones did take a step back, and Max Crosby uh, took a step forward. So good on him. Um, number four, the best linebacker in the league. He should be on the top five list. Every year, Fred Warner, um, he covers anyone. He blitzes. He does everything you could ask for from a linebacker. And uh, when he's in his prime, I'll have him on the list. Number three, it's, it's an off-the-board pick, but um, it, I think it really flew under the radar how good Stefan Gilmore was this year. He was uh, the top corner in the league in my book. I think him and Sauce were the, probably the top two. And uh, I had uh, Stefan Gilmore, who made a lot of big plays and a lot of big plays in crunch time. He won a couple games with interceptions late in games. So even though the Colts were bad, I, I, I love the way Stefan played this year. And I got to put him in the top three. Number two, Micah Parsons. Um, of course, I think um, he, he deserves all the love he gets. I mean, the edge rusher um, used to be linebacker, was probably playing the wrong position in college. Um, and he's showing out now. He's going to put up double-digit sacks as long as he's healthy every year. And number mm-hmm. one, I don't think it should be a question. I think Nick Bosa is the best defensive player in the league. Um, you got to chip him or he's going to get to your quarterback and knock the ball away. Um, I thought Nick Bosa was the best player, um, arguably, in football this year. So I think Fred Warner definitely deserves a shout-out. I think putting him in your top five, completely valid. Stephon Gilmore is not a top five defensive player of the year candidate this year. Like, come on. Did you watch? We're leaving off guys. Like, I mean, I'll just go over my list, but Hassan Reddick, who we've already talked about, fucking unbelievable season. He's at number five for me, but I think, according to Chu, uh, Gilmore had a better season. Uh, Number four, I have Max Crosby for reasons Chu said. I mean, he's the only good defensive player that the Raiders have currently. And, He's just unbelievable. Uh, Number three, I have Chris Jones, who should be in everyone's top five. I mean, the man had, what did he have this year? (laughs) 15 and a half sacks at the defensive tackle position. I know he plays everywhere on the defensive line, but again, he's the entire Kansas City Chiefs defense. If he goes down, that defense is fucking atrocious. Um, Number two, I have Micah Parsons. I mean... I think Parsons could probably be lower on this list. Like if Parsons played for the, I don't know, the Falcons. Not to take a shot move, but I can only think of them, but the Carolina Panthers, like, I don't think we care about Micah Parsons. I think him being on the Cowboys is the big media draw. I think he's obviously unbelievable, but I have him at number two. Number one, obviously Nick Bosa. I think he was yeah, far and away the best defensive player in the year this year. So take her away, Moop. 
Yeah, I have a uh, similar list to all of you guys, but just you have a Gilmore bit there? difference. What's that? You have Gilmore there? But <laughs> that's where we're going to have to disagree. I uh, So for my number five, I have to give uh, some, some Patriots love here. The Matt Judon had a fantastic season, um, even allowed for someone like Josh Uche to eat on opposite of him. So got to give shout out, got to give credit where credit is due. He was really great, had a really good season. Number four, we've mentioned his name earlier, Hassan Reddick. Just been unblockable all season. I know that team is talent stacked, but he's one of the reasons they're talent stacked and he's the best pass rusher on that team. So got to give him a shout out, huge respect there. My number three is um, Micah Parsons here. He had a really good season, and for the majority of the season, it was kind of like him and Nick Bosa, who would you rather have long term, who's the you know best in the in the NFC, and that was going on for the majority of the season. I just think uh, Bosa just has another level that he you know he's been tapped into all season. So, uh, but my number two is Chris Jones, like uh, Jason mentioned, virtually unblockable. I mean, at the end of that Bengals game, they put him as the edge rusher and just beat his guy one-on-one, -on -one, got the sack. So, you know, he's been a monster all season. Uh, I mean, he goes under the radar because he plays on a team with such a great offense, you know, really good coach, really good quarterback. So I don't, I think that's probably part of the reason why he doesn't get mentioned as much as he should. And then number one, Nick Bosa, like all of you guys mentioned, uh, closest thing to unblockable since he's gone, gone to the league. Uh, and it's just been a matter of health for him. And when he's on the field, he's top one, top two defense players in the world. Well, actually, well, with Aaron Donald there, I mean, but yeah, so definitely top three when, whenever he's healthy. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, move. You just want to start with offensive player of the year then? Yeah, for sure. So, uh, Right here. So offensive player of the year is, is really a weird position to, to do because, you know, with quarterbacks and everything, but I'll try to do my best for my number five. I have Josh Jacobs had a, you know, unbelievable season. He led the league in rushing, but I think a pretty hefty margin as well. So shout out to Josh Jacobs, you know, um, my next up here would be uh, Tyreek Hill. Him Ooh. and Justin Jefferson were kind of like neck and neck all season, but I think uh, Justin Jefferson finally separated himself towards the end. Uh, my wow. number three pick would be Jalen Hurts. He had a fantastic season as a thrower of the football as well as a rusher. And, uh, you know, that's why I put him at number three ahead of other, some other QBs because of his production running the ball. Number two, I would uh, put Mahomes just because, I mean, you know, his numbers are fantastic, doesn't have the same rushing production, but numbers speak, speak for themselves. I mean, I think he led the league in yards and uh, touchdowns, and I think he actually broke the all-time record for total yards in a season by a quarterback. So shout out to him for that. He's my number two. Number one, I gave it to Justin Jefferson. The only reason that I didn't give it to Mahomes here is that we got to give some love to position players because we can't just be giving the MVP to the QB every year and then offense player to the QB every year. You know, you got a bit of variety there. So Justin Jefferson had a fantastic season, almost broke the record uh, for receiving yards. So, yeah, he's my number one. 
Yeah, I agree. Move. I didn't include any quarterbacks in offensive player of the year because I think they already get their love in MVP. So I literally just, just went with skill players. Um, oh, uh, there's actually one non-skill player here. But uh, five, I had Christian Caffrey. I thought him coming over to um, the Niners just completely changed. Um, they had a good offense. I mean, it was Kyle Shanahan run. They had great players. But when Matt McCaffrey got there, they really they took the next step. And you got to give them credit there. So I, I put him in my top five. Number four, um, Josh Jacobs, um, great running back, um, led the league in rushing. Um, you got to give him his props. Number three, I had Tyreek Hill. Um, I mean, what can you say? He went over to Miami and did what he did, had his best year ever. Um, Damn right. So you got you to gotta include Tyreek. I mean, that offense, obviously, any offense is going to change when you have Tyreek Hill on the field because that means one safety has got to be on that side. And uh, number two, I had Trent Williams. Um, you got to give love to Big Trent. Um, they're never they're never included in any list, so I'm gonna include the big the big old lineman. I I include them all the time. Um, so yeah, I had Trent number two and uh, number one. I had Jay Jett as as the offensive player of the year, the best receiver in football in my book, and he should win the award. Definitely. Uh, yeah, I. Yeah, can't disagree with anything there. So same thing on my list. I didn't include quarterbacks because that's what the MVP is for. But uh, number five, I have Devontae Adams. Uh, quietly still had like a top three season, and that was with Derek Carr having a very bad season. Not very bad, but not a great season. Still led the league in touchdowns, 1,500 yards receiving. Uh Number four, I have Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, second in the league in rushing. Just did his regular Derrick Henry thing. I And again, I mentioned before, without Derrick Henry on this team, the Titans are probably picking top five. So Derrick Henry, number four for Offensive Player of the Year. Uh, number three, I have Josh Jacobs. Again, we've mentioned it. Unbelievable year, led the league in rushing interested to see where he goes as a free agent uh number two i have tyreek again we've i'm just restating what we've been saying but unbelievable year movie jefferson the entire way just jefferson broke off at the very end and then yeah number one justin jefferson i mean i'm very happy he's gonna win this award because i'm cashing multiple justin jefferson offensive player of the year tickets so I'm very happy about that. Um, and I guess I'll just go into MVP talk, but number five, I have Justin Jefferson. He had a great year. He's winning. He's going to win offensive player of the year. He deserves to get some shine. I also couldn't think of anyone else to put it five. So Justin Jefferson gets my nod. Uh, number four, I have Joe Burrow. Josh Allen, number three. <laughs> um, Jalen Hurts, number two. Pat Mahomes, number one. You guys talk. I'll try to fix this. So I will go ahead and list off the names here. My number five is Justin Jefferson for the same reason that I put him at number one for offensive player of the year. We obviously know this is a quarterback award and there's nothing really you can do about that. Uh, number four, I went with uh, Joe Burrow. Uh, he had a great season, put up great numbers. I think he was uh, among the league leaders in yards and touchdowns. Not number one, though, but he great season. Uh, number three, some would even say a Jeremy Lin-esque season, but we'll not, we'll, we won't get into that right now. 
number three, I'm going to go with Josh Allen. The reason why I give Josh Allen the neck over Joe Burrow is because of his production running the ball as well. And for as good as you would think that that Bills team is, when when you really get down to it offensively, when you consider everything offensive line, running back, wide receivers, it's really Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and Dawson Knox. And, I mean, that's about it, really. Uh, not a very good cast, I would say, right now, as they maybe used to. But all in all, great season. A lot of production running the ball. Number two, I went with Jalen Hurts. And uh, fantastic season. Nothing to take away from him. Really good. I think he, if you include the playoffs, he broke the record for rushing touchdowns in a season. Uh, so, you know, doing his thing there. And not only rushing the ball, but, you know, throwing the ball as well. He had, I think, uh, he had a bunch of touchdowns this season. So, all in all, Hurts, fantastic season. Probably would have won MVP in probably 75% of seasons, but not this one. Uh, number one, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, number one in touchdowns, number one in yards, tied for best record in the NFL. Everything that you need to win MVP in a season. And kind of a perfect storm came all together. Started off on a note with that game against the Cardinals, where I think he threw five touchdowns week one, if I'm not mistaken, and just smoked the Cardinals. So, yeah, that's my list. Yeah, he did everything you need for an MVP season, unless your name's Tom Brady, unfortunately. Um <laughs> My number five um, was Tyreek. Um, I thought just the way that Miami was, um, Miami, the Miami looked just so so different on offense. And you could say that's part of Mike McDaniel's system, but I mean, when you have Tyreek Hill, he's going to be a game changer. So Adam, number five, number four, I put Nick Bosa. I think um, just when you're the best defensive player in the league, you're going to be super valuable. And I don't, I don't know if I can name. Um, more than three guys that are more valuable to the team than Nick Bosa. So I put him at four. Um, number three, I had Jalen Hurts. Um, I thought that Jalen Hurts um, played extraordinary. Um, he did all that they asked him to do. The only reason he's not higher on the list is because when you have so many good players on your team, that's uh, you're not going to be as valuable. I mean, you could you could take off Jalen Hurts and, and put in another top 10 quarterback, and it would probably be the same record. So, I mean... Jalen Hurts gets his love, but he's not number one. Number two, um, I have Patrick Mahomes. Um, I didn't put him as my MVP um, just because I thought that the Chiefs um, didn't really rely on him as much as they, they had to in previous years. I thought that Kelsey handled a lot of the load on the offense, and he was almost just as valuable as Pat was. So the reason why... I didn't put Patrick Mahomes as my number Shameless one MVP is because the real MVP was always Justin Jefferson. The Minnesota Vikings were in like 12 close games this year, and Justin Jefferson was going crazy on every final drive, making huge plays, winning them games single-handedly. If Kirk Cousins was a top 10 quarterback, if Kirk Cousins was a top five quarterback, Justin Jefferson would have gone way over that 2,000-yard mark. So I think Justin Jefferson um, was really single-handedly the reason why the Vikings won the division, made the playoffs, and why it was such a fluke. Why were they winning all these close games? Because they had Justin Jefferson. Also, I'm, also, I'm glad. I'm glad that you, 
just really quick before you go, Jason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really, really glad that you said Jeff, Justin Jefferson because for a second there, I thought you were going to mention Brady, and I was like, this is getting out of hand. God. Yeah, I mean, the whole Pat Mahomes thing, I I don't know what to expect at this point, but I mean, nothing but, I mean, it's not even slander because you still have him second in MVP, but it's that's enough slander for me. Uh, how does this mic sound, by the way? Great. Okay. Good. Um, okay, well, I guess that does it for awards. Let's get into some Super Bowl talk finally. Uh, took a while, but... We are here. So Eagles Chiefs, I am rooting for the Eagles. Obviously, I got a thousand dollars coming my way if the Eagles win. Uh and I just think the Eagles are the better team just overall. I think it just comes down to is Pat Mahomes gonna play like Pat Mahomes or do the Eagles just have the better team? It's it's close. I don't know. I think it's a toss-up, like truly at this game. I don't have a strong lean. But go Eagles. Yeah, I think if you look at all the matchups, um, they favor the Eagles. Um, the O-line um, is the best O-line in the league. I mean, they just played the Niners and they couldn't get pressure. So why would the Chiefs be able to get pressure? Um, if you look at the receivers, you got a rookie in Trent McDuffie who showed some promise. But is he going to be able to check Devontae Smith or A.J. Brown one-on-one? I don't know, because you're gonna have to get you're gonna have to send some extra guys at Jalen Hurts. So you're, you're not gonna get to him, and he's gonna be able to go through his progressions or run the ball. So I think the the, the Chiefs are really gonna struggle on the defense the defensive side of the ball, um, especially early on before the adjustments happen. Because Spags has coached in a lot of Super Bowls, so he's gonna be experienced. He's not gonna he's not gonna have a shit game plan. He'll be able to figure it out and stop him here and there. But I think early on, I think the Eagles take a big lead, and when the Eagles take a lead. Good luck catching up on them. I mean, that secondary, that pass rush is going to put, pin their ears back and go right after Pat Mahomes the same way the Bucks did in the Super Bowl um, in 2020. Um, I don't think it's going to be a good night for the Chiefs. Um, I honestly see um, the Eagles um, running away with it late. Um, I think that when you look at Super Bowls in, in, his, in, in, in past histories, it's usually the best roster that wins. Um, when the Eagles played the Patriots, they had the better roster. They didn't have the better quarterback, but they had the better roster and they won. Um, the, 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 the last Super Bowl where I can truly say the better roster didn't win was um, when the Rams put up three points um, against the Patriots. That was the better roster. But other than that, I mean, you look, you look through the games. I mean, the Broncos won with Peyton Manning who could barely throw the ball and they because they had the better roster. Mm-hmm. Super Bowls are usually decided by that unless you get a spectacular performance on the other side of the football. So um, I'm going to go. I, I, I truly do think the Eagles are going to win. I, I don't think it's going to be necessarily a close game. Um, maybe the Chiefs can make it make it close at the in the fourth quarter, make it a one score game. But I think Philly's Philly's looking good, and as long as they they have a good game plan and they stick to it, Philly's going to be Super Bowl champions once again. It's just it's just really tough to look at the Eagles' defense because it's going to come down to both teams' offenses and who can score more points. I mean that's just how football works, but. Uh, there's not a weak point on the Eagles defense and people want to say the run game. And yeah, you can say that, but they're still much better at stopping the run than most other teams. And it's not like the chiefs have some touted run game. It's much better than years past, but I don't know. I just don't see the opening or the crack in the armor for the Eagles that the chiefs can pick apart. But I mean, 
it's Pat Mahomes, it's Andy Reid, they'll find a way probably, but I don't know, Moob, you got any? Yeah, so the, before we get into that, I just wanted to say, uh, are you an Eagles fan because you have a jersey? And apparently nowadays all it takes is uh, to wear a jersey to be considered a fan of a team. But Man, I got 15 jerseys in my closet. The fact that like no one's called me out on that before, but fly, Eagles, Pick fly, baby. If they're going to win me money, I'll go. Pick and choose, I guess, but uh, whatever. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this is going to be an interesting game that I think is going to be won in the trenches. It's going to be strength on strength that uh, Eagles pass defense is something special. I mean, you can just go along and name 15 different contributors on that Eagles defense. They have just a rotation of pass rushers. They have pretty good, you know, linebackers. TJ Edwards, fantastic season. Uh, free agent, by the way, so get your money, mm-hmm. TJ. Uh, then you got CJ Gardner-Johnson, which they just kind of got for nothing. I saw this tweet a couple of weeks ago, and as a Saints hater, it made me laugh because – they were like, the Eagles just hit up the Saints whenever they just need something from them. And then the Eagles, then the Saints just send them whatever they want. You, know, you, want, you want an extra first round pick? Here you go. You want CJ Gardner Johnson? Here you go. You need anything else? You know, you want a water, you know, a Gatorade, anything? Just let me know. So, um, so yeah, they're, they're, that, that Eagles secondary, James Bradbury, Darius Slay, CJ Gardner Johnson, that pass rush, insane. So I, I think what it's going to be, it's going to come down to the trenches. If the, uh, Chiefs offensive line is able to buy time for Patrick Mahomes and uh, to make plays. I mean, if he's healthy, he he will try to extend plays and use his legs. But, I mean, I don't think that's necessary if he even plays like he did the way in the Bengals where 90% of it came from the pocket. He was getting lots of time. I think he only got sacked once. So, you know, if he can get some pretty good pass protection, I, I think they should be good because it's – this offense is kind of with the wide receivers. It's not how they were in previous years where you, all your attention goes to Tyreek Hill and then you kind of bracket uh, Ty, um, Travis Kelsey in the middle of the field. You know, you try everything to get those because if you get those two guys out, then the rest, it, like, it, nobody's it, Yeah, it, it, it's a balance, like a passing attack or just overall attack than they've had in years yeah, past. They're, they're, they're more balanced. I don't, yeah. I don't think there's really other than Kelsey. I, don't, uh, I, I mean, you have MVS as your deep threat. You know, you got Juju in the middle of the field. You can do some things. I mean, Sky Moore, uh, he's a rookie, so I'm, I'm not going to expect him to make too much of an impact, but maybe if you get the screen game involved with Jared McKinnon or something, you know, do something to upset the pass rush. Mm-hmm. So you know they they gotta do something. Maybe use some more tight ends to try to to try to chip or something. But we'll see. I think it's gonna be strength on strength, pass offense versus pass defense. Uh, the real mismatch for me would probably be the Eagles running attack uh, against the uh, the Chiefs. But uh, hey, I mean, like Chu mentioned, if the Eagles get up on top, it's gonna be a hard team to take down. So the uh, I mean, the Chiefs got to stay ahead of the chains to make sure they're not in third and long on offense and on defense. They got to make sure that they put the Eagles in a situation where it's third and long, second and long, where they're going to have to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. They can send Chris Jones, you know, put his ears back and get after a quarterback. Yeah. And I think um, the problem with the Chiefs' D line 
is you don't really have a solidified run stopper. Chris Jones is great in the pass rush. Um, he's not as dominant as, um, let's say, Aaron Donald was in the run game. Um, so, I mean, the, the game's going to be decided, I think, in the first half. I think if the Eagles can uh, can can solidify themselves and show the, the Chiefs that their offense can pretty much do whatever it wants, like it did against almost every team they play this year, um, then the Chiefs are going to have a rough night. Because coming back against the secondary and this pass rush, the way you beat the Eagles is you run the ball on them and you keep the, their offense off the field. If you don't do that, good luck. So I think if the Chiefs come in, and Andy Reid's smart. Andy Reid's going to run the ball. You're going to see a lot of a lot of Pacheco, and you're going to see a lot of yep. him. Yeah. And, and, and that's why I do think the Chiefs, like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, put my my house on the Eagles because I know Andy Reid's on the other side of the ball. I know Patrick Mahomes can break a sack and run out of the pocket and throw it 50 yards down the field to Scantling for a touchdown. I know that stuff can happen. Do I think it's going to happen? Probably not because the Eagles are just better. And if I had to, to pick a team, I'm going to go with the Eagles. And if I look at the matchups, I think the Eagles are – this is just a mismatched game. And the, the Chiefs can surprise a lot of people here because there's a lot of people picking the Eagles and their favorites, right? And – We'll see. It's going to be exciting, and the Super Bowls are always exciting because you never, you never truly know what's going to happen until you watch the game. No. And another thing that I want to mention is Algerius Sneed. Is he going to play? Do we know that yet? Because that's a big deal. Um, he got knocked out I, in the NFC Championship game. I haven't heard. Come any... back in two weeks from a concussion like that, where you, where you're yeah. out cold. On the, I don't know if you can come back in two weeks, but yeah. So, yeah, so that's a big deal because I mean, uh, 19 hours ago, uh, oh no, six hours ago, Steve Spagnola says Legarius needs return to the lineup is huge for the Chiefs. So, yeah, he cleared concussion protocol. Okay, He's cool. good to go. Hey, uh, there we go. There the we go. Concussion protocol. Yeah, the concussion protocol, protocol is at it again. But, God damn, uh, yeah, man. so that's that's good for the Chiefs. I mean, um, hopefully Snead uh, doesn't play like Tua d- did when he was concussed. But um, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully Snead can uh, can h- hold down his side of the field. Um, and then they got their corners lined back up again. And uh, another player to watch out for is uh, on the Eagles, Fletcher Cox. It might be his last game as an Eagle. We're not sure. So we know he's going to be playing like prime Fletcher Cox. And um, we might see a vintage performance on, on, on that side of the ball. So there's a lot of storylines to watch out for. Well, Chu, you mentioned Isaiah Pacheco and thinking the Chiefs are going to need to establish the run. I completely agree. And I mean, if we're going to talk about some Super Bowl bets and just all things Super Bowl, I have Isaiah Pacheco to score two touchdowns. And as I'm trying to stall so I can actually see what the odds are, but I think him just score a touchdown, two touchdowns. I think the value's there. Uh, him getting, uh, oh my God. But him to win Super Bowl MVP, I also like that. I think obviously if the Chiefs win, it's Pat Mahomes. It's usually the quarterback. But Isaiah Pacheco plus 5,000 to an MVP where if they're not winning by the passing game, it's going to be the run game and... I think Pacheco's usage is going to go through the roof this week. So mm-hmm. I like Pacheco a lot in this game, just in general betting sense. So For sure. I like that too. And I thought um, in the first Super Bowl that the Chiefs won, Damian Williams should have won the MVP. Um, 
and that was another um they gave it to Mahomes of course because they like they like giving it to the quarterbacks and they the, the recent years too they've been giving it to receivers a lot so I like that Devante Smith line but um I I do think that Pacheco's gonna gonna have to carry a load if the Chiefs want a chance at winning because you got to run the ball against Philly or because the play action game does work against them but you can't drop back in a in shotgun and, and, and throw the ball all night against the Eagles because they're going to sack you a bunch. Yeah, I Ooh. mean, I, I would say my two favorite uh, Super Bowl bets uh, for MVP would probably be uh, Chris Jones for the for the Chiefs because if he is able to, you know, play the same way he played against the Bengals, I can absolutely see him winning the MVP even – even if Mahomes has a pretty good game, because that's all it takes for a quarterback, right? To win the MVP is just have a pretty good game and they'll give it to you. But I mean, if he if he gets out there two sacks, two and a half sacks, three sacks, something like that, I can definitely see him winning. Um, mm-hmm. And then also on the other side, Hassan Reddick. I mean, yeah. he he is the probably the closest thing, and this is going to sound the same, but closest thing to that Von Miller Super Bowl where he's just unblockable, just a blur. And, and that's what I was feeling when I saw him hitting the ball out of uh, Purdy's hand. Actually kind of caused the injury, but it is what it is. It's football. Um, but, yeah, I'd say Hassan Reddick is probably my pick for the Eagles to, to win the MVP. And if I see here, it is at plus 3,400. So I, I really like those odds. And uh, Chris Jones plus five thousand. So what did what did I get? Because I I also bet Reddick to win MVP just because yeah. So I got him at plus thirty four hundred. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah I I mean to add just to Super Bowl MVP list because I, I I'm always like you just never bet the quarterbacks. There's no value there. So I have Reddick. I have AJ Brown. I have Miles Sanders. I got Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and Isaiah Pacheco. So as long as the Eagles win and Jalen Hurts doesn't win MVP, I'm looking pretty good. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else there really is to say. I feel like we've been talking about the Super Bowl for, I mean, I mean, I guess the last two weeks because it has been the last two weeks. But do you guys have anything to add on the game before – I end her off here. It has nothing to do with the game Chiefs at all. 23. What would you say for a score? I said Eagles 31, Chiefs 23. All right. I mean, if we're all giving our predictions, I guess, for the final score, I'm going to say 27-24 Chiefs. The Gatorade is going to be orange, and the national anthem is going to go under. Okay, under on the national oh, anthem. Oh. I'm going I, crazy. I think you can make big money on the under right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fucking up there, but uh, yeah, okay, if we're giving out score predictions, let's go Eagles, Eagles 30, Chiefs 27. I think it'll be a close one. Us, I guess. Or wait, no, the Chiefs yeah. had eight points or something, seven points? Something like that, right? What? Yeah, I like Devontae Smith's Super Bowl MVP. That's what I'll leave it to at. Or at least <laughs> yeah. that too, because... I, he played great in the natty, so let's follow it up. Devontae, skinny Batman. Yeah. 
right. Well, that'll do it for another episode of the Cover Zero podcast. Move Chu, thank you both for coming on and doing this. Uh, we were supposed to get Chibs on here, but he had to uh, back out due to work. Uh, didn't want the smoke, unfortunately. Uh, I'll leave it with a question, though. Move, you've already given it away. Uh, let's pick Gatorade colors. So, move, you took orange? Orange, yeah. There you go. Chew? Yeah, I feel like I feel like the Eagles players like the blue Gato. Uh, going with blue. I'm going with yellow. It's what they dumped on Doug Peterson back in 2018. I'm sticking with it. Also, tails never fails for the coin toss. Uh, but yeah, thanks for both coming on. Uh, if you've liked this, please like, share, retweet, subscribe, all that fun stuff. And until next time, peace.